Welcome, Oasis family. Good to see you on midweek service, our Wednesday night Bible studies. I'm excited. We went through the conversation for six weeks and hopefully got something out of that. We went through the life of Joseph and I got so much revelation. God did such a work in my heart. And I want to remind us again why we are doing this. Typically on Sundays, myself or somebody from our team or friends of our church will bring the message. And really it's about what we got out of the word of God and we're sharing it with you. That is a huge part of church life. That's a huge part of your growth and your knowledge of who Jesus is and preparing you for all that God has for you. But I really want to make sure that we understand the power that is in the word of God, that we go through the Bible on Wednesday nights in in a bit of a slower fashion. So not only that you see the power that comes directly from God's word, not just the wisdom or the thoughts of your pastor, but that you would begin to develop a strong love for the word of God. I have never met a person that I know that has achieved all that God has had for them without a, a a sensible knowledge of revelation from God's word. And so I was okay that the views would go down on Wednesday night if they did. I was okay that people wouldn't be super pumped, that people would drift away. But I believe there's a core growing in our church that's developing a passion for the word of God, and we got to keep going. So we went through the life of Joseph, and I was thinking about and praying about what we should talk about next on our Wednesday night Bible studies, and it is the parables of Jesus. Jesus told a lot of parables in the gospel. And here's something cool that I want to share with you why Jesus told parables. Matthew suggests that Jesus told parables because the people could not see, hear, or understand. He spoke in parables to try to help people get it or to make sure that they had the desire to dive in and ask more questions. Many times, disciples that Jesus spent a bunch of time with would, would, you know, I don't know if you like that person who acts like you know what's going on, and then you pull that person aside and say, wait, what does that mean? The disciples would go, yeah, 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 that's awesome. Yeah, 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 parable is sower. Get it, seed in the ground. And they'd pull them off the side and say, Jesus, what are you talking about? And sometimes Jesus would do the wheat in the weed story and the disciples are like, yep, got it. You know, you hear those people in sermons that go, yep, yep. And they don't do any of it in their life or they pull the preacher aside and say, wait, what does that mean? So the disciples would often pull the, the, the communicator Jesus aside and ask him what he meant. So I just want to encourage you that it's okay if you don't understand the Bible, but we got to have people in our life that we can pull aside and ask them what it means. That's real discipleship. That's real growth. Not just when we're reading the Bible, but when we get stuck, we pull people aside and say, hey, what does this mean? This is why Jesus spoke in parables. He spoke it to motivate us. People were, were, um, couldn't see, couldn't hear and understand. And many of them would go, just guy's crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. This isn't for me. And some people like his disciples would pull him aside and ask for more information. This is the kind of heart that I'm hoping to have. In our, in our church. I can speak life over you. I can speak faith over you. But without the word of God, I don't know that, that we can move forward in, in the, all the things that we're believing for. And so the parables of Jesus are going to be important. And so there are so many to choose from for the first one. And I decided to choose with one that is, is the hardest one for maybe us to understand. It's Matthew 13, 31 through 33. 
And it's two parables in one, so I'm going to go through both of them, but they kind of have the same concept. So if you have your Bibles, matter of fact, if you don't have your Bibles, come to every Wednesday night service with your Bible open, ready to read the scripture personally for yourself. If you don't have it tonight, we're going to put it on the screen, but I want you to be able to find these scriptures in the word of God. Matthew 13, 31 through 33 says this, here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree and birds come and make nest in its branches. I, I can see why people would be confused because you're you're sitting, you're standing next to God, the son of God, and he's telling you, hey, let me tell you what the kingdom is like. And you're like, oh, my gosh, the kingdom. Got it. Here we go. You got to understand that when Jesus spoke about the kingdom, every person in his audience would have been awaiting the kingdom. This is so important that it helps you to understand what Jesus is trying to tell you if you are expecting what he's about to say. So many times Jesus can't speak to us about our future because we're not really hopeful. We're not we're not expecting about it. So many times Jesus can't tell us about our family in the future because we're not expecting. We have an attitude like, I hope so. You ever heard anybody say that? We'll see. I hope so. And Jesus is like, hey, I need to be able to communicate to you about something you are expecting. What made this powerful is Jesus knew they were expecting the kingdom. In all of Jewish theology, they were waiting for the Messiah to come and establish the kingdom. But guess what? They thought it was an earthly kingdom. They thought Jesus was going to come, destroy all their enemies. Come on, don't we wish Jesus would do that right now? Destroy all of our enemies in racism. Let's make it the way it is supposed to be right now. And, And Jesus didn't do that. He didn't come with the military He came with love and grace and truth and miracles. And so when they heard the words, the kingdom, their ears perked up. It's like believers who hear the word blessing. Don't your ears perk up when you hear a preacher say, God's going to bless you. Don't your ears perk up? If you're like me, your ears perk up because you're thinking blessing means money. Blessing means promotion. Blessing means I'm going to get that new uh, convertible or a T-top. Uh, Trans Am, like I'm trying to get. Blessing means something's good. We don't think when Jesus says blessed are those who are persecuted. No, when, when, you, when the preacher says blessing, your brain doesn't go persecution. Yes. Can't wait to see that all that God does through me being persecuted for what I believe. No, we think of earthly things. And so this was the same situation that disciples were in. As soon as Jesus would have said the kingdom of heaven, the disciples might have gone, here we go. What are you going to do for us right now? How are you going to destroy our enemies? How are you going to give us authority and promotion? How are you going to the kingdom of heaven? Here we go, guys. It's happening. It's happening. And watch what he says. It's like a mustard seed. That's freaking exciting. Hey, guys. (laughs) Guys, guess what? I got some great news. I got a gift for you that's going to bring you so much joy. And you go, well, Pastor Julian, can you describe what the gift is like? This awesome thing that you've been working on that we've been waiting for for 3000 years. And I go, it's kind of like a mustard seed. (laughs) Who would be excited about that? It's kind of like a mustard seed, a mustard seed, a mustard seed. If I was holding it in my hand, you couldn't even tell. It's like. 
a mustard seed, if I held it out, you'd have to, they'd have to zoom in. They're like, what do you mean? Jesus, you came out of the heavens to bring something that's kind of like a mustard seed? It's kind of like a mustard seed? I think if somebody told me that something was going to be delicious and they were like, okay, what's it? What can I, it's kind of like tuna. I'm out. Like there's nothing. <laughs> we have this young girl living with us right now and she was opening a can of tuna and she had a can opener around. She was opening a can of tuna, and you know when you open a can of tuna, the juice seeps out. And I'm like, anything that does that when you open it, I'm not eating. Like, I'm out. Like, I don't care what it is, I'm out. Anything that is, like, in the tuna family, I'm out. Think about this. You might like tuna, and I might be messing you up, but if you tell me something is like tuna, I'm out. Especially if you start off talking about how delicious it's going to be. Jesus, like, the kingdom of heaven is going to be awesome. You ready? Let me tell you what it's like. It's like a mustard seed. It's just planted in a field. Oh, wait a minute. Now it's not just a mustard seed in your hand. It's a mustard seed buried in dirt. Like buried in dirt. Remember, you know, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Right? Why was he washing the disciples' feet? Because they were walking around in the stuff that they put the mustard seed in. So wait a minute. The stuff that we use servants and slaves to get off our feet, the stuff that we use servants and slaves to get off our feet, you're trying to tell me The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in that with fertilizer and dirt. And it's the smallest of all the seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. How cool is that? He's saying the kingdom of God is something that starts small, but becomes big. And then he goes on to tell them the parable of of the yeast. Jesus also used this illustration of all you bread makers out there. Come on, man. This is like a whole like 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 keto. Y'all don't have no. um, What's the other thing that you can't have? Y'all like the crackers without any. uh, Oh, gluten. This wasn't a gluten free. If you if you're gluten free, he's saying you can't understand this. It says the kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread, even though she only put a little yeast in three measures of flour. it, It permeated every part of the dough. I, I, I don't want to get into gender right now, but I feel like the first one is for the men and the second one is for the women. You know, the preacher says, I don't want to get in gender right now and do it anyway. Because <laughs> the men, we want to do it big. You know what I mean? Remember, remember, remember uh, T.I., big things popping, little things dropping? That was my theme song back in the day. Big things popping, little things dropping. Like, we don't want anything to do with little things. We want to do it big. We want to do it big. That's, that's our culture. So let's do it big. We got to do it big. You have never seen a self-respecting man in a little car. I don't trust men who drive Fiats. I can't trust them. I can't trust them. You can't be trusted if you actually. Now, let me say, if you're a man and you drive a Fiat and it was given to you and he was blessed and you didn't have a car, I get it. I'm talking about I don't trust a man who goes to the lot and says, what's the littlest car you have? You can't be trusted because there's got to be something in a man that wants to do it big. And so I feel like the first verse is for the men out there who are striving, your income and what everything is about. He says, no, 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 you got to start small. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And then he addresses the women in the second verse. And he says, it's kind of like a a, a woman who puts yeast in bread. 
although she only put a little yeast. Every time I pass through a girl, men too, but I say every time is a bit of a stretch, 99% of the time. I have had to pastor the women on our team, my wife, people, with not feeling like they're enough. We're not feeling like they're giving enough or doing enough or being enough. We've, we've put all this pressure on the, the women of our house to do, 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 do. And I feel like God is saying, hey, you got a little yeast? You put it into something and watch the kingdom spread it throughout the whole. Think about this. It doesn't say, hey, hey, you got to have a lot. And maybe this is for men too, but I'm speaking to my, you, this is, God is probably using this quarantine to get you, to get his daughters to go, hey, I'm, I'm good. This is what I have. And I'm, the kingdom is using what you have and trusting God to spread it through everything you're trying to do. I got a little faith. It's got to spread. I got a little hope. It's got to spread. I got a little money. It's got to spread. And he's saying, you just put what is a little and what is a lot and watch it spread. What a beautiful revelation about the kingdom of God. And the reality is, it just says it starts with a little. We really got, I know we preach about how big God is, but why is God so big and always seem to be giving people and starting with people, starting people with a little? We talk about how big God is. But what's interesting is we know theologically God is big, but David would say something like this. He would say, magnify the Lord, which means you praise him, you address him like he's big. God is never small, but sometimes we address him like he is because he likes to start believers with a little. I have an issue with a little. I don't like a little of anything. I don't like a little money. Obviously, I don't like little cars. I don't like little time. I don't, I don't like it. But Deuteronomy 7, 22, and, and we're going to dive into these parables for the, in the time I have left, but you got to understand that God often starts with a little. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 22, this is when God is going to give us the victory. Come on, I believe him for the victory this year. But it says this, the Lord your God will drive out those nations out ahead of you little by little. Wait a minute, I thought God was big. And now he's going to do something for me little by little. You will not clear them all the way at once. Otherwise, the wild animals would multiply too quickly for you. If I did it all at one time, it would cause problems for you. If I did it all at one time, it would cause problems for you. God's saying, I got to do it a little at a time. Luke 16, verses 10 through 12 says one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. How do we prove faithfulness? And, and this is, let me tell you something. We do this in church a lot. We call people faithful who just do the wrong thing for a long time. They're so faithful. So like, no, 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 no. Like that's not what God, you got to be careful what we call faithful. Sometimes you're not being faithful. You're just doing something for a long time. It's not faithful. Faithful is doing something full of faith for a long period of time. Sometimes we call that, that just cranky volunteer, that just cranky person, they, but they're faithful. No, they're not. <laughs> they're irritable. 
they're mean. They just don't, they just won't leave. That's not the same thing as faithful. Faithful is when you do something for a long time full of faith. And here's what is interesting about how God seems to prove that someone is faithful by giving them very little. One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. So it seems to be the path that the kingdom of God that he was trying to teach them in the parables. If you want a lot, let me see what you do with little. We have to ask God this really difficult question in prayer. Why are you only giving me a little of what you have an abundance of? Why are you only giving me a little of what you have an abundance of? If I, if I feel like God, I have this secret desire to be a millionaire, okay? Don't judge me, all right? Don't at me. What do the young people say? Don't at me. And I don't have a desire to be a millionaire because I, I want to brag about it and, you know, you know, show off. I mean, I, I have a desire to be a millionaire because I want to help people. I mean, and I want to feed communities. I mean, I'm definitely going to get a Ferrari. But I mean, other than that, I really want to help people. It's hilarious. I thought you guys would laugh harder than that. It's like good stuff, man. Um, I'm not going to get a Ferrari. I'm going to get a Prius. <laughs> um, and park it next to Ferrari. <laughs> um, but I want to help people. And so instead of saying, how do I make money? That's where greed comes in. How do I make money? How do I make more money? How do I do this? I'm not asking God those questions. God, you have all the money that I believe that you can, you have, you have an abundance. So what is it in me that you are waiting? Why are you giving me a little of something you have an abundance of? What are you removing out of my heart to prepare me? I don't have to go chase something big. I need to be faithful with, with, with what I deem to be a little. What do you do when you have a little of something? Typically, you go try to figure out how to get more. And the Bible would suggest, no, you don't need to go figure out how to get more. Just be faithful with what you have deemed to be a little, and God will give you more. It is the kingdom principle. We got to start asking God this question. Why are you giving me only a little of what he has, of you, what you have an abundance of? Think about this. The Bible talks about all the time about as kingdom children, we have an inheritance. And the prodigal son tells a, a story of a son who um, asked for his inheritance. And, God, and the father, representing obviously God the father in the story, gave him all of it. And, and the prodigal son wasted it on wild living, right? And what's interesting about that verse is he comes back to the father's house. The father puts a robe on him, but he doesn't re-up his inheritance. He still spent his inheritance, and so often, I believe the story that we don't talk about a lot in that story is the father gave the son his entire inheritance so the son could discover what really mattered, and that was relationship with the father. The last thing you want is for God to answer some of those prayers of giving you a lot because you don't have the capacity and the character. You'll lose all of it, and then you'll come back and find out what really matters anyway. I think this is huge. These parables talk about being willing to start small. 
Zechariah 4.10 says this, do not despise small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. This was a prophet telling Zerubbabel, the governor, was getting ready to rebuild the temple. And he says, don't despise that it's going to start small. God loves it. A big God loves to see you start a small thing. I talked about working out on Sunday and everything hurts. Everything hurts. Like literally everything hurts. The inside of my nose is sore right now. And I don't even know why. Like just everything freaking hurts. And I'm watching people. I work out with people who are more fit than me. And I hate it because I'm just getting started and they've been going for a while. You ever had that happen? You're just getting started and you're comparing yourself to people who've been at it a while. Right. I have people who are on my staff that are in their 20s that like I'm 43 and they're like, dude, what am I doing in my life? And I'm like, you are 23 years old. You have had a Capri Sun in the last seven years of your life. Like you have had goldfish within the last 15 years of your life. You're going to be fine. You're going to be amazing. Anybody that was eating gold, don't worry about it. It's just you just start little. But God has a big thing for you. A big thing. You got to be okay with it starting little. So many people around that I have so much respect for are wonderful stewards of something little. Wonderful stewards of of something little. They're not preaching all over the world. They don't have millions of dollars. They just got an email that they're supposed to send out every week. And they send it out with so much joy and so much love. I can see the kingdom in the email when our society struggles to see the kingdom unless it's big. And I think that's a beautiful thing that Jesus was trying to teach his disciples. He says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in the field. It's the smallest of all. Do you feel like you're the smallest of all? The smallest of all leaders, the smallest of all business owners, the smallest of all single people, the smallest of all married people. Like, do you feel like the smallest? If you feel like the smallest, you are in the perfect situation for the kingdom of God to manifest in your life. It's a beautiful thing. It's the smallest of all the seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree and birds come and make nests in its branches. Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she only put a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. These two parables are about growth, y'all. The kingdom is about growth. The kingdom is not about perfection. The kingdom is about progress. Both these stories, the seed has to progress. The yeast has to progress through the whole batch of dough. Are you a perfectionist, not a progressionist? I made up that word. Are you a perfectionist? I'm asking you to stop being a perfectionist and be a progressionist. It's an important word. I see people all the time who do amazing. They're amazing at what they do. How'd you think that went? Oh. Like, dude, that was pretty strong. I mean, I mean, gotta be honest. I remember that one part, and I'm like, nobody saw that. Like, nobody saw that. And it's like they're a perfectionist. Perfectionism is a sin because it means you are unable to be happy with what God is happy with. It means that you set your view of something higher than what God thinks about it. 
even if you view yourself in a negative light, you're saying, no, God, sorry, I know you're affirming me. I know I'm your son. I know I'm your daughter. But what I think matters more than what you think. And God says things to you that are not opinions. They're truth. And so we have to realize, we have to realize that these things that Jesus was teaching us are, are, are so important and so profound. It's not about perfectionness, not being a perfectionist, it's about progress. And, and here's how the two things progress. Are you ready? The first parable, we progress by being planted. We progress by being planted. Now, I want to be planted in a gated community with an Olympic-sized swimming pool, right? Barbecue grill always on, carne asada from the Vallarta. You know, just having a good old time with my friends and family. Like, I want to be planted in like that. I want to be planted. But no, if you, if you, if you want to start, if you want to be in the kingdom, you got to be planted in dirt. You got to be planted in dirt. So interesting how Jesus will plant you in dirt and see if you can grow. Like, can you grow in dirt? It's interesting how Jesus plants us in what we were created from. The Bible says God reached into the dust, the dirt of the ground and formed you and I. And he, he likes to plant you in some situations that are dirt. And then if you don't grow when he plants you in the dirt, the Lord will hit you with that Holy Ghost fertilizer. <laughs> Y'all ever had some Holy, Holy Ghost fertilizer? This whole 2020 has been Holy Ghost fertilizer. It's when you sprinkle crap around the plant. And I looked up fertilizer. It's poop. That's all it is. It's processed poop. Right? And it usually is used for plants that are resistant to growth to accelerate the process. Wow. Wow. This is good stuff, you guys. Yeah. This is great. I told you, you should watch every Wednesday night. It's a great Bible study. So, 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 crap, fertilizer is an accelerant when mixed with dirt helps a plant grow. So if you're going through a lot in this season, you have to understand that you don't get out of it, you grow through it. That's, that's the kingdom of God. You got to be planted. And I don't want any more fertilizer. So I'm going to grow through this dirt. I don't want any more fertilizer. I'm good. But, but the kingdom to grow, the seed, the first seed, it spreads through planting. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3 say this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of, wicked, of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor, seats in, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Stop, stop sitting in scoffers' seats, man. Like You just go to a scoffer's house, sit all in his recliner. No, he says, don't do that. But his delight is not in his dreams, his goals, but is in the law of the Lord, the word of God. And on his law, he meditates day and night. And that person is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in every season. Every season. So, so how do you stay planted? You do not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Be careful who you take advice from. Right? Be, be careful that you don't go the way of sin. And don't sit in the seat of scoffers. People are always just scoffing and carrying on and complaining. Like, don't re sometimes you reposting that post that is not helpful to anybody. 
that is just attacking somebody, the Lord's saying, you old scoffer, just out here scoffing and scaffing and chafing and scoffing. Like, how many reposts are you going to post about somebody that's doing something wrong? Right? If you did something wrong, would you want somebody to repost it and share it all throughout their story? Then stop doing that. Stop doing that. I don't, I don't want to see another post. I'm blocking people. You post about somebody doing something wrong, I got to block you. Or well, I'm going to find out what you did wrong and I'm going to repost you. <laughs> but then I wouldn't be... <laughs> I would be that. I would sit in the seat of the scoffers, and I can't do that. I'm just going to delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on his word day and night. And anybody who does that is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in every season. Oh, actually, it doesn't say every season. It yields fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. So it's the leaf that doesn't wither. The thing, there's always life, but with patience, you'll, you'll, you'll bear fruit. Psalm 92 says, uh, 13 says that, that God's people are planted in the house of the Lord and they'll flourish in the courts of our God. And this original Hebrew word is, is transplanted. Sometimes God, in order to help you grow, he's got to move you. He's moving people in this season. And that word transplanted is the gardener would carefully dig around the roots, pull them out of one place and transport them to another. Right. For even more growth. This is so important. If you want to stay planted, Psalm 1 would suggest that you don't take counsel from the wicked. You don't walk in the way of sinner, sinners. You don't sit in the seat of scoffers. You meditate and delight in the law day and night. And you plant yourself in the house of God. You plant yourself in the house of God. And then Colossians 2, 6, 7 says, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So now it's suggesting not only should you not walk in the counsel of the wicked, not stand in the way of sinners, sit in the seat of scoffers and all that stuff, and you should be planted in the house of God, but if you're not abounding in thanksgiving, you won't stay planted. Because you'll be in search of something to be grateful for. Or something to feel grateful for. I want you to write this down. I don't know if there is anything that uproots the good things in a believer's life more than a lack of gratitude. We're not grateful. So, so this is, a, this is a, a journey to stay planted, if you will. Stay thankful. Don't stay planted in the house of God. Don't walk with the counsel of the ungodly. St- don't stand in the way of sinners. Delight in the Lord of the law day and night, and you'll be able to stay Planted because the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. Well, what about the parable of the yeast? The kingdom of heaven is like a yeast a woman used in making bread, even though she only put a little, all she needed was a little, and three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Well, if all she needed was a little and it permeated every part of the dough, What created the permeation? You guys like that word? Permeation. Fire. It doesn't say that she left it on the counter and it permeated through every part of the dough. Fire permeates yeast through dough. If you want to operate in the kingdom and you want the little to be a lot, you need some fire. Come on, 2020. Woo! Fire. 
come on, man. Y'all just ashy, just looking all nasty. Y'all done been through the fire, man. Just struggling, can't cut your hair, toenails all long, ripping up your carpet when you walk through your house barefoot. Just come on, you can't, everything's closed. Your, 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 your cuticles is so far away from your polish. Like you don't even, like you trying to get to Jesus and your cuticles trying to get to your polish. Like it's just a bad season. Come on, man, it's terrible. But we need the fire. Because God, for the kingdom to expand, uses fiery seasons to help you. Fiery seasons to help you. You actually need what feels like fire. Isaiah 43 says this, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. When you walk through the fire, not if, we got to have more conversations in like our connect groups. We, we love encourage. I'm so glad we go to encouraging church. But wouldn't you, you want that person in the group say, hey, guys, when do you think the fire is coming? Wait, what? We always talk about career and blessing, and all that stuff. But no, it says when you pass through the fire. So church is designed to prepare you for the fire. Right. Because God uses fire. It's coming. And when the 2020, I'll be so glad when it's over, there is another brush fire waiting around the corner. It wasn't until actually Moses saw a burning bush, a fire that was burning a bush and what got Moses' attention. See, we love to get, say that we're here to reach the city for Jesus. We're going to plant a church, come to growth track. We're going to reach the city for Jesus and God's going to move and, and donuts after church and coffee after church and, 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 and balloons out front and we got a gift for the whole church and the kids are going to get a gift. Every kid's getting the whole series of Dr. Seuss books. It's going to be amazing. We're going to reach the city and here's the thing and we use our budgets to reach the city and we use our budgets to get the church's attention but you know what got Moses' attention? A burning bush on fire but it was not consumed. What if God's saying, hey guys, that worked for a season. I'm so grateful. Matter of fact, I came to Oasis. I've never seen so many happy people in my life when I first came to Oasis. There was balloons. That's why I came. I get it. I had the marijuana in the car because I was depressed. And I walked into the happiest. This wasn't last week. Almost. If we go on lockdown again, that's going to be me. I'm the backslide. But this was like 12 years ago. I've never. And that stuff brought me in. That stuff brought me in. But now. What I believe is going to catch our community's attention is a bunch of believers on fire from this season, but they are not being consumed. Because yeah. the Bible says Moses didn't notice the bush was on fire because they were in the wilderness. Bush fires would have been normal. He, what caught his attention was not the fire, but the lack of effect that the fire had on the bush. So what we need right now in this season, if the kingdom is going to spread, watch this. My time is up, but I'm going to keep going for a couple more minutes. Notice when you're planting in dirt and fertilizer, it's talking about something that grows up, a plant. 
You walk through your dirt season, you walk through your fertilizer season, you're going to be close to God. You're going to be close to heaven. But notice the yeast, when you put the yeast in the bread, the yeast doesn't grow up, it grows this way to our community. The first verse is about when we are planted in dirt, we grow up. We grow up. We get closer to God. We get closer to the kingdom of heaven. But the yeast verse, when we go through the fire, we grow this way out into our communities. The kingdom is supposed to grow in the shape of a cross up to heaven and out to our societies and our communities. And the only way it grows out is if our communities are like a Moses who goes, wait a minute, that person is on fire and this person is on fire and they're all burned up and jacked up from this season. But this believer over here doesn't even smell like smoke. Let me go take a closer look. So what I believe is we can post a thousand Instagram posts until we're blue in the face. We can we can buy Facebook ads to get people to come to church, but people aren't going to take a closer look because you have a better promotional video. They're going to take a closer look because somebody they know goes to Oasis Church and they're on fire yeah. and, and, and they're like, let, let me get a little closer. Yeah. That typically that's burned up every friend I got except this one. That's how the kingdom of God grows this way. You, you need the fire. And in closing, I, I'm just suggesting to us that when Jesus told these two parables, he was basically saying, dirt and fire. You want the kingdom of God? It's not blessing and favor. You have all those things. But for the kingdom to grow, you need some dirt. And you need some fire. And nobody likes that stuff. You know, we like finished product, right? We, we, I bought my wife some flowers the other day. She was so moved. She was like, went in the kitchen, trimmed them, put them in the, the vase. Imagine if I came home with some dirt and some rose seeds and some water and access to sunlight and said, baby, put the work in and you're going to have some. <laughs> nah. Because that's not romantic. And God loves you, but he's not here to romance you. He's here to grow you. And growth takes dirt and growth takes fire. And so I'm going to pray for you. And I really believe that as we go through these parables, um, we're going to see God do a lot. And we're going to let go of our perfectionism. And we're going to go let go of our desires for things to be big, especially as we go through parables like this. And I believe that God's going to really, really... Um, change some things in our heart and prepare us for what he has for us as we pass through the fire and as we remain planted. Father in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus. We thank you that uh, everybody listening tonight has encountered you through your word. And God, I know that we are uh, can be perfectionists. I know sometimes we don't like the term progress, but Lord, I believe that you are asking us to rejoice in the progress and that we can start something small and it can grow as we stay planted and we pass through the fire as you're walking with us through that fire. So, Father, would you continue to strengthen the hearts and the faith of your sons and daughters so that we can um, live in your presence and be guided and led by you. And God, if someone wasn't feeling it today and their emotions are running wild, God, we, we emotions are valuable, God. Would you meet them in all of that? and turn them to the truth of your word and the light of your presence and your love. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. Thank you for watching Wednesday night service, Bible study, the parables of Jesus. You definitely want to tune in next week. We are going to have a four by seven, uh, four speakers, seven minutes each. It is going to be fire. Bring your Bible and your notebook. You're going to want to take notes. The parables of Jesus. Can't wait to see all that God does through this Bible study on Wednesday nights. Love you so much and we will see you soon.